Hi everyone, so I'm Claire Burnett, Senior Journalist at brewsnews.com.au and this week on the Brewery Pro podcast, I'm having a little play around with the format. So firstly, I'll have a chat to Nick Leach, uh, founder of Brewstaff, Australia's only dedicated recruitment provider to the craft beer, brewing and distilling industries, uh, about some of the employment issues we're facing in the industry right now, getting brewers in, getting them trained and getting them to stay. And then I'll have a chat from the brewer's perspective, talking to Ryan Fullerton, who's recently moved to Catchment Brewing in Brisbane after working at Bob's Beers on the Gold Coast, as well as uh, Red Duck and Clifton Hill Brewhouse, just to get both sides of the story. But without further ado, uh, I have with me uh, Nick Leach. Hey, Nick, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, Claire. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Busy as I'm sure you know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on again. I know we've um, abused you a little bit on the podcast before. You've already been on with Matt and everything like that. Um, but I thought we'd just have a little drill down uh, of the issues in this little one. So do you want to sort of set the scene for me? We sort of hear anecdotally what's going on in the industry. Um, it's really hard to find brewers. We've got loads of job ads up for brewers on the uh, Brews News Jobs Board. So what does it look like? What is the situation? Are we finding it really hard to find brewers? And why do you think that is? Yeah, it's it's certainly tough out there. Not a day goes by with uh, not speaking with brewers or brewery owners around, you know, how, struggle, how much of a challenge it is to, to find staff at the moment. There's just such a shortage of good experienced brewers that have a good sort of three to four to five years experience under their belt. Employers are finding it really hard to try and attract them and really tempt them out of other employers at the moment. Um, it's just a really tight market, and I guess you know brew staff wouldn't be around if that wasn't the case. Because uh, yeah, it's certainly keeping me very busy in terms of uh, the requirements that are out there in the industry for sure. And how much has COVID impacted everything? Is are people like, oh, I don't want to move just in case, or uh, were breweries relying on potentially international people coming through? The kibosh has been put on that. So how has COVID impacted it as well? It certainly did have an impact, although I was starting to see the market turn a little bit now, actually. Um, starting to get a lot more brewers talking to me about, you know, what other opportunities might be out there, whether that be interstate, looking for, you know, a sea change, a tree change, these sorts of things. Um, you know, things like reduced hours, um, more work-life balance or blend. Um, the, the brewers are, uh, it's funny that they sort of have the power now. Um, the candidates have the power to choose sort of when and where they work. Um, I guess as a result of COVID. But like I say, we're really starting to see the market turn now. Brewers are a lot more open to, to changing roles because it feels like the market is opening up quite a bit. But uh, yeah, as I said, they've definitely got the power now. Uh, and so the, I guess the onus is on, in, on the employers to try and attract them um, to their businesses, which, yeah, it's, it's certainly challenging. Yeah, definitely. And I, I know we've seen things like the anti-work movement over in the US, where it's not what it kind of says on the tin. It's not like we don't want to work ever. It's more of a, we want to have, and obviously this is very different in the US compared to Australia, we've got much better rights in terms of employment um, and protections for employees and employers. But it's very much exactly that. It's about flexibility. It's about shorter working hours, better uh, work-life balance, as you were saying. Is that why they move? Because they see a better option or because they don't have that where they're in their existing places? It's a bit of both. You know, there's a lot of talk around the great resignation or the great reshuffle out there in the market across all industries. It's not unique to the brewing industry at all. You know, there's obviously different push and pull factors. You know, why are people leaving? Why are they leaving their employers? Um, some of it's, you know, money-based. 
you know, because it is so hard to find good experienced people at the moment. Employers are are paying above the odds to try and attract the right people and the brewing industry is no different. Mm -hmm. There's other factors like maybe culture, um, the environment that they're working in, the extremely long hours, I guess the the extra pressures that they're under in terms of responsibility. Um, And, you know, when breweries are short-staffed too, you know, they might need some extra couple of assistant brewers on there, but when they're not there, you know, the onus falls on the head brewer or the senior brewers to take up the slack and make sure that production's happening. So um, there's certainly a lot of different factors, but I think overall it's not too bad. There's not a lot of um, brewers that I'm speaking to that, you know, are, are really, you know, unhappy in the roles that they're doing. For the most part, it's about, you know, what other opportunities are out there? What chances do I have for a promotion or a more senior position? Mm-hmm. You know, where, like it or not, where can I get more money? Um, but also, as I mentioned before, what, what sort of flexibility is open open to them? You know, can they work four-day weeks? Can they be available to do, to do the school pickups and the drop-offs? Um, or, or, or can they be working elsewhere as well? You know, you, we talk about COVID before. You know, one, one of the things that's sort of I've seen recently now is that, particularly in the corporate world, you can work from anywhere and everywhere, um, you know, with a laptop, you can be dialing in, doesn't matter if you're, you know, on a beach on the Gold Coast or in, you know, country Victoria. Um, so what's historically kept a lot of brewers bunkered down in, in some of the major cities or some of the locations is what their partner does for work. Whereas now, if their partners are working in the corporate world and they can work from anywhere in Australia, that opens up so many more opportunities for them to go and work for another brewery in a remote location that maybe they wouldn't have considered in the past. So okay. um, there's certainly lots of opportunities out there. Um, it's just about finding the right the right person with the right opportunity at the right time, um, not necessarily because they're unhappy in their current role, but brewers are a lot more open to hearing about what opportunities are out there at the moment for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And I really like the um, what you're saying about regional breweries as well, because I know uh, Peter Phillip, who was the former chair of the IBA, he was like, you know, we we want to see more regional breweries. And actually, maybe this is an opportunity for that those regional breweries to really attract some talent um, and get those people out there because they they are located in places where people want to live. It's just might have been hard to attract them before because of, as you say, you know, the distance from a major city or what their partners were doing or where they were from originally, where all their friends and family live. And maybe that's not as important anymore. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it's interesting you talk about that, about, you know, more breweries opening up, you know, for obvious reasons. I'm I, I hearing a lot about, you know, new breweries in planning or, or breweries that are planning on opening up in the next sort of 12 to 24 months which is only going to put more stress and strain on the employment market because they're all going to need brewers. They're all going to need experienced staff. Um, so they're getting, um, you know, paying above the odds to try and attract them to come and work on a startup opportunity, which it's bloody hard work, I'm hearing, um, to start up a brewery from scratch. Um, so, yeah, like I said, that puts extra strain on the industry um, and the employment market for sure. So, um, yeah, it's 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 bit of a, a perfect storm really of, of, of reasons for why it's, it's really difficult to find people at the moment. But, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully the work that the IBA is doing in partnership with a lot of the tapes and the education providers around, um, you know, bringing through that next crop of brewers, it's going to help that. But I guess it's a bit of a lag time for that too, because, you know, if, if we want to talk about experienced brewers having three, four, five years of experience um, to be able to you know, really add value to a brewery, you know, we, we've sort of got, got to wait that time for them to to finish their education and, and gain that experience. So I think there's still going to be, to be a bit of a lag for the next sort of three to five years until that, that gap is really closed, with, particularly with our local um, sort of employment uh, numbers as well. 
Yeah, definitely. And Nick, you also work in distilling, in the sort of distilling sector, don't you? Because we wrote a story this week and we were talking about uh, Lion's West End kit and how that had gone to a distiller in regional Victoria. They were talking about how they wanted to get a brewer in because they wanted to bring um, the, the brewing element of that, making the wash, they wanted to bring that in-house. Um, and according to um, the chap I spoke to at Ostra, he was like, we're going to see more of that. We're going to see um, distillers, particularly in the in the whiskey um, segment, we're going to see them a lot more want to bring these things in-house. So have you seen any of that recently? Do you think that might be an added, another added pressure, if we need any more, uh, on employing brewers in the sector? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do see a few brewers sort of shift from um, sort of brewing to distilling. Um, you know, funnily, I've been working with David at Austria um, around that exact opportunity and finding him a brewer out of Mildura, which is, um, you know, again, not an easy feat, uh, particularly during COVID, trying to get people interested in, in moving to sort of remote Victoria, but obviously a great opportunity with David. And I'm really pleased that he managed to get that over the line. But yeah, I think, you know, it, it is going to have an impact for sure. Um, be interesting to see, you know, how many of these distillers do decide to start, um, you know, making their own wash and, and doing it themselves because, you know, there's certainly an advantage to that. Um, but, yeah, it is going to put some strain on, on the um, on the brewing industry, I would think. You know, there's a lot of distilleries popping up around the place, around the country too. But I think if you, if you look at the percentages, you know, it's probably, you know, 75% breweries, 25% distilleries opening up in the people that I'm speaking to anyway. Um, so um, I think, you know, the, the amount of breweries that are opening or, or plan to be opening is going to have more of an impact than the distilling space, I would think. And we mentioned tape before and everything. So I've I always sort of asked this and I asked this to Ryan actually as well. You know, how much do employers look for training over experience? Like, would they rather have someone who'd gone through a TAFE course that was green, but had all that, like what the qualifications or would they rather a home brewer that had got like five years of experience? Yeah, it's funny. Um, different people have a different view on it. And it's the same in any industry, really. You know, you, you can work in marketing for 10 years and not have a marketing degree um, and you could be better than someone that, that's done a master's. You know, it's it's it all comes down to the individual and I guess what, what they value. Um, mm-hmm. I am getting more and more brewery owners asking for people with the qualifications or at least, you know, part qualifications, whether that be through either the, the local TAFEs, whether that's the IBD qualifications or some of the overseas ones as well. Mm-hmm. It's certainly valued very highly. And if there's any brewers out there that are thinking about doing it, I'd strongly recommend you do that because that can sometimes, um, you know, mean we can negotiate a slightly higher salary for you as part of that process. Um, owners are prepared to pay that little bit more for someone that's got um, their qualifications. But it's certainly not necessarily a deal breaker. Um, you know, a good brewer is a good brewer. If you're pumping out really good beer and you've got a great reputation in the market working for a great brand, um, you'll get snapped up for sure. And on the values thing as well, um, and this is something that I talked about, I've been talking about with brewers a little bit as well. So how much is the reputation of the brewery or its independence or anything about it? How does that impact whether brewers want to go to it or not? Or is it very much an individual choice, like completely? Like I've had a few brewers say, like, we'll never work with the major, uh, work at the major brewers. It doesn't matter how much they offer me, um, which is fair. Obviously, you can say whatever you want. You decide where you work. Like that's, that's what your values are. Um, do you see any of that in yeah. the market though? Uh, a little bit, you know, I guess the subject of independence doesn't really come up too much when I'm speaking with candidates. More recently, actually, a lot of the um, 
the smaller craft breweries and independent brewers are actually looking for brewers that have experience in some of the, the, the big brewers. You know, they're a great sort of place to sort of foster some really good experience. You know, you get exposure to, um, you know, really strict quality control, you know, SOPs, procedures, safety. Um, and uh, as craft breweries grow and expand, they're sort of looking for people that have exposure to sort of the, the, the proper way of doing things, if you want to call it that. Um, and so they the can implement The professional way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. Otation quotes. Yeah. yeah the professional <laughs> yeah. way of doing things. Oh, yeah. Things. Sorry. I keep forgetting people can't see me, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So like I say, I think that um, a lot of brewers are starting to ask for that and actually see it as, as a benefit. So mm-hmm. again, you know, yes, that's a personal choice um, for the for the brewers. Um, obviously, you become a much smaller cog and a bigger wheel um, by, by joining the big brewers, but um, some of the experience and I guess the knowledge that you'll gain, you know, when you come out the other end um, is certainly invaluable. So um, I wouldn't discount it completely in my advice. And I think there's also a perception that, you know, if you work at a big, a huge brewer, like a, even a contract brewer or something like that, that, potentially that there isn't the flexibility there that you'd want. Whereas you can, if you're working and you're the only head brewer and you have a direct line to the founder, um, or the business owner of any, or in whatever way that is, um, there's a little bit more flexibility and there's a little bit more of sort of a direct relationship there where you can work these things out, whereas potentially in a yeah. bigger organisation you wouldn't. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I guess it's a, a double-edged sword though because, yes, you might be able to negotiate those sorts of things, but if something goes wrong in the brewery on a Sunday afternoon and you're the only brewer, you're the head brewer, you've got to go in there and fix it. So um, I guess you've got the pros and the cons of, of that sort of environment and likewise with the bigger brewers too. You know, you get obviously your your set rosters and your set rotations and you know what you're working for the next two weeks and it might be your 12-hour shifts and four days a week and overnight shift next month, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least you've got that routine. And if something goes wrong, it's someone else's problem on the next shift. Um, but, um, you know, like I say, there's the, the advantages and disadvantages of both sides. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, for those brewers that are really looking for that flexibility and, and to play a bigger part in, you know, the growth of a, of a brewery, the, the smaller independents are, are probably the way to go. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of creativity as well, you know, that's another thing I, I sort of hear a lot that you can be a bit more creative if you're in a smaller brewery. And I don't know whether, you know, everyone kind of does want to be the creative brewer, um, and but you just have to live with the fact that even if you're in a small brewery, you're going to have to probably keep doing your core range and keep doing that over and over and over again, regardless. Yeah. Um, where, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's even fair to say, because that's what some people say, you know, like you can't do, you can't be as creative at a bigger brewer. But I don't know if that's fair. Yeah, I guess it depends on where what level you're at. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, if you work for Stone and Wood, guess what? You're going to be brewing a lot of Pacific Ale. <laughs> if you work at Bolter, you're going to be doing a lot of XPA, that's for sure, yeah. you know. So, um, you know, and, and uh, but as you work your way through the ranks and over time, you'll get more exposure to get, you know, you get seconded and you work in project teams and you work in new product development. And, um, again, sort of potentially more doors open up with those bigger, bigger brewers. But day to day, if you want to get creative and be doing a different specialty every week, Again, you know, the small smaller brewers definitely have that sort of uh, right. more freedom to do that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we've talked about like things that people can offer brewers um, in their job ads and things. Do you ever, I, you write your own job ads, obviously. Um, what do you try and put in those job ads to basically make it sound good? I don't actually advertise very much in mm. terms of an actual job ad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 
uh, Matt might not me like me saying this, but you know, you put up a job ad. You know, you, it's actually very rare that you get many applications these days because mm-hmm. whilst people aren't necessarily actively looking for jobs, yes, they're open to opportunities. So, mm-hmm. sort of my approach is more um, sort of proactive. So I'm more, you know. Uh, reaching out to people through my networks and headhunting and and doing stuff that way but you know when it comes to advertising it's it's also a bit of a marketing piece for the brewery as well so let them know that you know we are this is what we're doing this is what we're planning on doing um you want to be talking about you know all the benefits um of working for the brewery you know what your plans are i guess sometimes they can't always share what their plans are as a brewery whether that be for expansion or new product lines whatever that may be um but you need to be putting things in there that that get the candidates excited you know they want to be reading it thinking you know that sounds really good this is what i want to be doing I, i really want to work there not just you know cutting and pasting the position description which is you know you will brew five days a week and you will do this you will manage teams and this sort of stuff you know which is what a lot of people's default is to do um again not just in the brewing industry across all industries um you know you cut and paste a job description and and yes that's what the job is but it doesn't really pull on the heartstrings it doesn't really get the candidates excited about you know what the opportunity could present for them so yes you know, list all the benefits. If you, you know, we talk about the free beer before, you know, again, in inverted commas, if you work mm-hmm. at a brewery, you're actually going to get lots of free beer. Um, <laughs> and if, you know, but realistically, you're not going to attract a brewer from another brewery. He's not going to leave where he is now or where she is now to where, to a new brewery because there's free beer. You know, but it needs to be thinking a bit more creative than that. You know, what other opportunities are there? You know, are you prepared to, to pay for them to get their education or support them to, to do some additional study? Um, are they going to be, have the opportunity to get creative and do some new product development? Are they going to be able to step up into a leadership role and, and, and lead a team of assistant brewers? Um, are they going to have a direct line into the owner um, and be working more strategically or getting more involved in marketing? Whatever it may be, there's so many, you know, the listing is, is endless really. Um, but, you know, you, you really want to be, a job advert is really, you want to be selling the opportunity to the candidates. So, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about, you know, what's unique about your brewery, what's unique about the role, where they could take it. Um, there are all the sorts of things that you want to have in the advert for sure. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting you say that as well, because I think we've also had such an um, employer's market for so long that people just have lost this ability to market themselves to potential candidates. They've never really had to. They just put the basics in. They're going to get 10 applications, probably find someone from that. They've never had to try that hard. And that is yeah. across the board. That's As we say, you know, that's a general across the board for all industries, not just brewing. Um, but I think that's a really, it's been a really interesting to see that over the COVID period as well. Um, you know, we talked about the great resignation and stuff like that. People are forgetting that, you know, it, this, it swings both ways. And, you know, we're going to have to like adapt and evolve our skills in that kind of respect talk about what makes this business good for the people that are in it um and i think brewing's always been okay at that maybe not the best but still like pretty okay i think generally we're we're concerned with what workplace culture and things like that which is obviously yeah. a key thing um but you know there's still room for improvement from what i've seen yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i'm really pleased to see though a lot of breweries now we're actually seriously considering or if they haven't already, putting in dedicated HR people into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's obviously not always possible depending on the size of the brewery, but once you get to a certain size, it's really important that you have someone, you know, with a people and culture focus in there with the business. Um, 
you know, when you're running a small business, you, you're you're the HR manager, you're the accountant, um, you're, the, you're the, t- the tax person, you're the marketing, you, you do know everything it, yourself. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm speaking from experience here. Yeah. Um, and um, but yeah, obviously, once you get to a certain point, you need to you know be letting go of those those different pieces and, and actually bringing in the experts to do that for you. Um, and I think sadly, for too long in the brewing industry, probably the HR has been one of the last ones to actually be let go. You know, marketing and finance and things have sort of taken the priority. Um, but I think that that's starting to shift. Um, some of the great work that I mean that yourself is involved with as well out there in the industry, trying to to, to bring through some change, um, is really making an impact. And and like I say, starting to 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 talk to, to brewery owners around. Okay, well, well, what needs to happen now? Are, are we at the sort of size where we need to start thinking about putting in our own HR people um, and people and culture? Mm-hmm. So, again. It, we're on that that evolution scale, and I think we're part way along. There's still a very long way to go, as you say, but I think um, there's definitely some positive change happening. Yeah, absolutely. And like we see it from our perspective, when we get sort of job ads through and stuff from um, people that have worked to, uh, that are a dedicated HR person, they're often a lot more um, detailed. They talk about the workplace culture. They talk about what they can offer a little bit better. Like you say, when you're a small business, you don't necessarily have that kind of opportunity at that time to spend on it. So, yeah, it can be a tricky one. So, Nick, what do we think then? What's going to happen in the future? Um, is it going to get better? Are we going to sort of balance out a little bit more? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, with, with borders opening in a couple of weeks, international borders open on the, the end of this month, I think. So um, I'm already, you know, starting to field a lot of inquiries from the UK and the US and Canada from brewers that are like, you know, part of the great resignation, you know, looking for a lifestyle change and, and going to be looking to come to Australia. And um, yeah, so I think um, that's going to make an impact over the next sort of 12 to 24 months. We'll see a lot more overseas brewers either coming into the country looking for sponsorship, um, but also the working holiday visa. They've relaxed the rules too from certain countries as well, which I'm not sure if you're aware, um, Claire, but mm-hmm. um, the you can now work, if you work in hospitality, um, they're actually um, removing the restrictions around you can only be work for the same employer for six months at a time they're actually going to extend it up to to the end of the year so for oh, all those yeah. brew pub owners that are really struggling for hospitality staff um you know basically in the next few months i, I expect that to start to change because the borders are opening and they've relaxed that working holiday visa restriction for hospitality yeah. industry and tourism so that's going to make that a huge impact yeah. um but yeah brewers uh like i say i think um now the borders are open and, and probably, you know, the, um, the the visa processing will will start to happen again and, and we'll start to see some brewers coming in from overseas, which will alleviate mm-hmm. um, some of those struggles. But mm-hmm. as I mentioned before, I think we've still got a few years to wait before we catch up with all the brewers that are getting their education through TAFE and the IBA and things at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But once that hits, I think we'll be in a much better place. Yeah. And I'm, I really like the idea that we're going to get some more international brewers because, you know, that just diversifies the experience and the backgrounds and the beer styles and the interest and so many things about the industry. Um, and hopefully that will be able to help a little bit as well. I think the influx of potential um, or potential influx of international brewers will be a really interesting uh one for like the changing the demographic of the brewers in the brewing industry and you know it might prompt us to do even bigger and better things so it can only be positive yeah well let's say that about diversity don't they it just creates all that 
extra knowledge and extra knowledge sharing and, and, and skills transfer and those sorts of things. So absolutely, you know, bringing in overseas brewers is definitely going to help. You know, I don't know how your um, your brewing network um, survey is going at the moment, bit of a, a plug for it there. Yeah, um, thank but, you very you know, much, well, Nick. We should pay you extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, put me outside of that, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think um, I'm really intrigued to see the results of that once it's all completed, to be honest, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, even from, you know, my point of view, you know, when you speak to brewers, uh, they've all worked the spider web of brewers that have all worked together in different places. Um, it's actually a much smaller industry than you, than you realize it's a small industry anyway, but it's much smaller than you think when you consider, you know, all the people that know each other and where they've worked together, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is great for the whole community of the industry, but from, you know, a, a diversity of thought and uh, I guess a, a skills and knowledge capability side of things, um, we've probably been a bit insular. So mm-hmm. bringing in external people from overseas and internationally, it's only going to help things, I think. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, I'll be really interested to see all this because I've already heard of a few brewers that have been trying to get, um, or breweries trying to get people from abroad. Um, and obviously it was an absolute nightmare during the COVID period and things like that. But now, as you say, with things picking up again, we should see, we should hopefully see some more people coming through. Um And, yeah, a little bit more education in that space as well would be fantastic. Um, But thank you so much, Nick. Really appreciate it. We've touched on so many topics right now. Um, (laughs) I'm sure we could delve into them a little bit deeper, but I said I'd only keep it to half an hour. So uh, (laughs) I'll have to let you go. Um, But thank you again. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Claire. So today I've got with me Ryan Fullerton, uh, currently of Catchment Brewing up in Brisbane, in sunny Brisbane. Um, we're here to discuss all things employment. Ryan's had a bit of an interesting career trajectory, moved into state, moved to very different breweries. And with the employment market in the brewing industry as it is, uh, we've got a shortage of brewers. We've got a lot of positions open. I wanted to get Ryan's take on how that works, what brewers look for in a new brewery if they're thinking of moving and what breweries can do to make themselves a little bit more attractive uh, to a candidate. So Ryan, thank you for coming in. No Very worries. much appreciate it. In a little stormy Brisbane today. Yeah. It's yeah, been a bit wild, sunny, isn't it? Sunny Brisbane. What are you talking <laughs> what about? Is, it's cloudy as hell. It has been for like three yeah. days now. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get hit with those storms? Uh, yeah, copped it on the freeway on the way home last night. Just It was brutal. That's so scary. Not quite like the lovely Victoria where you herald from. No, no. no. Um, <laughs> but hey, at least it doesn't snow up here. <laughs> I couldn't handle that. Can't handle the cold anymore, me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about your career trajectory then. When did you get into brewing? How did you get into brewing? Where did you start? So I started brewing, well, started home brewing um, years and years and years ago with a um, with a mate who liked, you know, liked interesting beer. And I, my, my beer experience was, um, you know, Heineken or <laughs> Corona. Um, and so he he sort of taught me how to brew. And one of the first beers he gave me that, that was outside of that was um, uh, it was actually from Red Duck. It was the um, Canute the Groot, which <laughs> I, I almost never tried a craft beer again after, after oh, that being my first experience. Um I've since brewed that beer. Um, <laughs> ah, and what a circle. Yeah. What a 180. Uh, but at, at the time, like, you sort of go, why would you give that to someone as their first beer? Like an ancient sour <laughs> ale, like, come on, dude. Um, uh, yeah, I think it takes a little bit of working up. You've got to yeah. start small, perhaps, small yeah. or 
little bit more general. Yeah, that's it. So <laughs> kind of moved, moved back, had a couple of, you know, interesting Belgian beers and, and then he sort of showed me, hey, you can make beer at home. So started home brewing and as everyone does, you have that sort of pipe dream of, oh, yeah, one day I'd like to be a brewer kind of thing. Oh, yes. Every brewery um, starts that way, I believe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, just carried on. Um, I'd spent most of my working life as a truck driver and... Um, you know, was doing deliveries. Um, at one point, we moved out to Ballarat and was doing deliveries out there. And um, Red Duck was my local brewery, so I'd drop my home brews into to Scott, mm-hmm. and you know, just ask for some feedback. Yeah. Um, and then one day, I got a text from him saying, "Hey, um, one of my people's leaving. Do you want a job?" I'm like, uh, what? Yeah, that would never that's happen cool. nowadays. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, and that was it. Interesting one because, uh, like I say, I don't think that would happen potentially nowadays. Getting a call from a brewery and going, "Oh, do you want a job?" Or is that fair? Yeah, to say? it's it's not something that you uh, that seems to be the norm. No. Um, although that is kind of what we what we did. Um, you know what what I've done in the past when you know when we've needed to hire someone, they've I've I've ended up having them over to my place. You know, really informal mm-hmm. um, interview. Bring some of your home brew. Um, we'll brew a, a batch on on my homebrew gear, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we've done that and hired hired people mm-hmm. um, th- that way. But yeah, typically it's not um, <laughs> it's it's not how it often goes. Yeah, um, you know, especially if it's someone sort of experienced, someone who's already done commercial brewing before. Um, you know, we'll skip that and yeah. just just do the normal job interview thing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, I mean, it was an interesting start as well because you'd gone from home brewing and then you went to commercial brewing, but obviously Red Duck's a little bit smaller. Yeah. Did that help in, in making that transition? Very much so. It's almost like a, a sort of big homebrew kit. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, what kind of capacity do they have there oh, um, at the time? It's, uh, so it's a, it's a six-heck brew house. Um, nice. They've got a, quite a lot of tanks. I'm not sure how many they have at the moment, um, but I actually brewed a beer with them um, last year again. Oh, that's um, nice. Went, went down during Good there. Beer Week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, yeah, brewed a, a smoked red Saison. So <laughs> Lovely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nothing too standard. Pretty tasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, I mean, you know, <laughs> what, what do you do? do you, you know, <laughs> shall we draw, brew a pale lager? Like, <laughs> Jog on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, cool. So, I mean, and then how long were you at Red Duck for? Um, oh, about five years. All right. So you learnt the ropes. Um, yeah, went from, you know, driving a forklift, working on packaging line and, um, you know, Spending days and days just labelling bottles, um, oh, and then you know eventually got to got to help out on the brew deck, and then um, and then when the brewer moved on, um, I sort of just by default ended up as the brewer, um, and then yeah, just went from there. Mm-hmm. And did you like? Obviously, we say you didn't have any qualifications before that; you just sort of learnt the ropes on the job. Yeah. Um, would you ever have done that differently? Um. Look, realistically, it it might have been sensible for me to get some kind of qualification because <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that, yeah, you sort of learn by screwing something up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, that's the nature of it. Um, but, yeah, I don't function well in an academic <laughs> environment. So <laughs> I um, I think even if I did do the course, I'd probably yeah. flunk out or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it, especially now after, like, how many years brewing and you'd be like, oh, I know all this. Yeah, it's sort of go, oh, good, spend six months teaching me to suck eggs, you know. (laughs) That's exactly it. And so when you were at Red Duck, were you in charge of, like, employing any assistant brewers or anything like that? Not really, Because it was small, so you didn't really need one. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Um, we had a, you know, there was, it was a sort of one and a half to two person job. mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, we'd, we'd typically have, I was full-time and then we'd have like one, maybe two part-time people mm-hmm. to help out on the packaging line and, yeah, and that kind of thing. Yeah, not the actual brewing bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, um, you made the big move to Queensland. Yeah. Um, I did. That was was January 2020 2020. was when I moved up here. Yep. So, start from the beginning. How did did that happen? How did Um, they attract you up to Yeah, Uh, so I was working at um, Clifton Hill Brew Pub (laughs) at the time. And um, I'd been there for a couple of years and was liking it. But, you know, 130-something kilometres from from home in Ballarat. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, brewers don't, don't typically get paid extremely well. So we sort of went, do we want to move to Melbourne? Had a look at the rental prices and went, no, we're going to stay in Ballarat. Um, so yeah, it was a, you know, I was spending, um, my wife calculated it. I was spending upwards of 25 hours a week traveling, um, to then do a full-time job. Um, and so, uh, got a, got a text from, from one of the owners at Bob's just saying, we're starting a brewery in Queensland on the Gold Coast. Do you want to move up? Mm-hmm. Do you want the job? And I kind of went, "All right, <laughs> sounds interesting." And yeah. had a had a conversation with my wife about it. And um, when they when they sent me an offer, I I sent her a message just saying, "Here's here's what they're offering." Mm-hmm. And she was in Ballarat, um, and it was four degrees, raining sideways. And I sort of went, yeah, do you want to move to Surfers Paradise? And she said, take it. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. Yes, I don't like, even care how much the start? pay is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. That's so good. So yeah. it was kind of – wasn't like a necessarily you were searching for a job at the time. No, no. I mean, obviously there's shitloads of breweries in Melbourne. So you, yeah. if you were looking, I guess it yeah, might I would have been Yeah, I would have been looking much closer to home. Yeah. I wouldn't have even considered, you know – Wow. You know, I always if I'm if I'm looking for work, I I do it to not have to move house. <laughs> yes, um, and then you decided. Oh well, yeah. you got the call and, and made yeah, the huge sort of move. Well, yeah, if we're going to make the massive jump, then yeah, cool. <laughs> that's that's different. But yeah, yeah, for a, even if it was Melbourne, yeah, just just do the drive. It's fine. That's it. And don't have to speak any figures. Was the pay worth it? Yeah. Excellent. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, again, good. Uh, rent up here is much more than I was expecting. And but, it's only got worse, yeah. Yep. But um, we're, we're better off than we were. Yep. So that's that's a plus. And I, how much of it was a lifestyle thing as well? You said it, the weather is obviously crap and we always laugh about it. Everyone's <laughs> obsessed with the weather here. That'll be from being slightly European. Yep. We like to talk about it. How much was it lifestyle and how much was it? I'm just sick of doing this drive. This looks like a good opportunity. I'll give it a punt. Um, the the lifestyle aspect was just kind of a nice surprise. Yeah. Um, didn't really think about it until we sort of moved up here, moved into the house and went, the beach is 800 metres away. Oh, and, nice. you know, Ballarat's 150 k's inland, you know, so <laughs> going to the beach is something you do twice a year in the middle of summer. <laughs> it's a day trip. Now we can walk down after the kids get picked up from school, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't live there, so <laughs> I live in the sea. So now Ryan's just milking it, effectively. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> fantastic. So in your time in a couple of breweries now, obviously you've only just started at Catchment, been there three weeks tomorrow. Yeah. You said? Yep, three weeks tomorrow. So um, maybe not necessarily a lot of experience on Catchment. Don't have to mention Catchment, um, but you will have uh, brought in assistant brewers, trainee brewers. Uh, what do you look for when you're sort of employing someone in that sort of more junior role? Um, someone in a more junior role, I, I typically look for someone who's actually got, you know, they, they've still got that fire. Um, a lot of, <laughs> um, a lot of brewers who are, who have been 
been doing it for a while get a, seem to get a little bit jaded um, and, you know, there's a lot of monotony when you've got a core range to, to be brewing, so people people get a bit sort of over it. Um, if you're bringing in someone new, it's nice to, to get that passion and it helps reinvigorate the entire team, remind everyone while they're there seeing this person being so excited about it. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's why I love doing this. <laughs> I wonder if that's why um, people do seem to move it Move, make that move from home brewing as well because obviously when you're home brewing there's no commercial aspect to that you're just doing it for the love of it because you like doing it because you love beer yeah and then you move up to commercial brewing you're like oh my god this is amazing like I'm finally getting to do what I love for a living yeah and then it takes a few years to yeah and ev- eventually <laughs> you, you know when you've been brewing the same pale ale three times a week for five years you sort of go oh come on <laughs> um, but I'm yeah the new the newbies who are you know who've been homebrewing, they've got ideas, they've got, you know, they, they walk in, they don't care. They've only brewed this pale ale once, so they're going to be really excited to be, just to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, yeah, that's just, it just helps the overall morale of the team, I reckon, um, as long as they're, you know, they do actually have the, the skills to, to do the job. So we've had a lot of discussions in the wider industry about the availability of brewing qualifications, about TAFE, bring, like sort of bringing in brewing qualifications, Cert 3s and things like that in lots of different states. Is that, I, I know it might not be personally for you, obviously you're a brewing, so you, you don't need to, um, <laughs> but is that something you would look for in a trainee? I wouldn't require it, but it's definitely handy to have like, um, again, it, it just reduces a lot of that training on the sort of commercial equipment. Um, you know, having someone who's able to walk in and just say, yeah, I know what the, what all these buttons do, how to operate a tri-clamp, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not necessarily something that you do pick up as, as a home brewer. Um, and just the, the consistency, um, that's something that people get taught is how to brew the same thing over and over. And that's, yeah, again, most home brewers will brew a beer once and go, wow, that was great, next. <laughs> So there's, yeah, there's so they no, never perfect it. They yeah. just do a different one every time. Yeah, them, yeah. They? So there's there's no real sort of idea of can I do this same beer over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas yeah, commercially, you you want your customers to know exactly what's going to be in the in the glass. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Generally, then, I mean, if you can't speak for you, nobody can speak for the whole industry. But what do you think of? just skills in general, focus on quality, focus on styles. What do you think that we're like as an industry for, for our skills in brewing? I think we could do with maybe a few more skilled brewers. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of really, really, really good brewers around, but um, just by the number of job ads being posted, there's not enough. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. Tell me about it. See, like probably listeners will know we've got a jobs board on Brews News and that has over the past year probably two three years even while I've been here has been completely inundated with brewers brewer jobs head brewer jobs senior brewer experienced brewer head of brewing operations trainee brewers all over the shop all the time seemingly and I just think like that must be crazy there are so many job roles to fill and potentially not the right candidates I don't know whether you know I've heard lots of brewers and um, more senior brewers suggesting that you know junior brewers who could probably do with a bit more experience in the industry uh, are earning that big those big bucks and taking on those um, head brewer roles um, obviously don't not asking you to comment on that um, but <laughs> it is an interesting world that we live in uh, where brewing has become a really really in-demand skill like lots of yeah. people want 
the qualifications because that does set people apart from the home brewers, um, especially as we sort of start to professionalise as an industry as well, I think. I yeah. don't know whether you see that as well. Yeah, that very much. For? Yeah, I would have thought so. But like when you started, obviously, you know, it wasn't like that. So... It's yeah, just outside the, of the the really big, you know, the mountain goat, mountain goats, and and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of the small breweries were very much just, um, you know, a little bit cobbled together, kind of just do whatever you feel like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we won't comment on what that probably means for like beer quality or something like that. But people do develop and they grow and they get better in their roles, regardless of whether they had those skills to start off with or not. Yeah, I, for sure. I guess. Yeah. Um, so I guess. What we've been thinking about at Brews News, and I know it's like a big thing for the IBA as well then, how are we going to fit these brewing, brewing candidates? How, we, how do people get and attract a brewer effectively? You seem to be very well connected, Ryan. Don't need to go on <laughs> Seek and all the Brews News jobs board or anything like that. But did you see any job adverts when you were looking, when you were looking around? Did you look for any when you moved on from Bob's? Um, yeah, I did. Um, I, I was... I check pretty much every every sort of brew um, related publication who has a job board, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, in, in, got the interview with Catchment the day I started looking. Oh, um, fantastic! So, yeah, See, and I think um, that says it, a lot. It just so happened that their um, their brewer was leaving, um, yeah. and so we were able to do a really quick handover. Oh, fantastic! Um, yeah, yeah. So that worked out really nicely. Yeah. Um, a couple of things I've noticed that we we can discuss probably a little bit later, but was there anything that jumped out at you about any of the job adverts? Were they, like, well-written? Were Did they offer good benefits? Uh, did you, anything jump out at you as, like, oh, that looks like it'll be a good place to work? Um, I mean, they're all... They're all pretty much the same. They're all, they're all asking, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a head brewer, you've got a, you've got a list of things that you need. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's looking for a head brewer has that list and they're always going to be the same. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. In terms of like the benefit side of things then, like we were saying before we came on air, I was like, I often see free beer as a benefit. What could they offer, do you think, that would be slightly better than something that I'd assume would be on offer at a brewery if you're a brewer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're a brewer and you don't get a knockoff beer, there's a <laughs> There's something wrong. Imagine yeah. if you got asked to pay for it. That would be, that would be an absolute travesty. Oh, look, after, after, be, after one beer, yeah. I'd, I'd say no problem being asked to pay for any other beers after that. Oh, fair, um, okay, But, yeah, okay. look... You know, I reckon one freebie at the end of the day is... Uh, Come on, allow yeah. it, allow yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, what about benefits then? What do you think? Is it flexible working? Is it a four-day week? What, what yeah, but would look, you look for? For me, flexibility is, is the key. I've got four kids um, at home and... Um, Madhouse, yeah. Yeah, so, but, <laughs> yeah, so that means um, my, my wife works mornings, um, so I, I still need to be at home while the kids are getting ready for school. Um, so once they're off to school, yeah, I can head into work, but if one of them's sick... Um, you know, I, I have to be able to say, yeah, look, I'm just going to come in at 11 or 12. And yeah, so what? If I'm still here at 8 o'clock at night, as long as the job gets done, then there's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you can work it out. Yeah, and I mean, again, in in smaller venues, that's not such an issue. But, you know, if it was a, if it was one of the big guys, um, that would probably be a concern. But that's also why I sort of go, well, that's something that I need personally. Mm-hmm. But I don't think a lot of people are going to be in that situation. That's interesting because, I mean, it, a lot of the brewers that I speak to that have started their own breweries, funnily enough, do have little, real, like, young kids. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, number one, oh, my God, how are you doing it? That's <laughs> yeah. insane. Uh, but number two, how do you even juggle, like, your life and your family life with 
like having a job that is labor intensive that takes so long that you could be there for hours and hours like how do you find that and how do you make that work that balance yeah I mean look realistically when you you know you say yeah okay you'll be there for hours and hours that's no different to piloting a Kenworth up and down the Hume um (laughs) (laughs) um so you know at least I get to go home at the end of the night um yeah but yeah sort of I, I don't know like Everyone who has kids has to has to work yeah. at some point, you know. So that's true. And um, I guess it's different if you own the business as well, as opposed to if you're working brewer in yeah. the business. Like you don't necessarily, you know, you're going to get paid at the end of the week and that kind of stuff. There's yeah. there's definitely a divide between a business owner and, and, and an employee in that respect, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is why I probably would never own my own business. <laughs> so yeah, thanks, Matt, for all of, for everything you do, <laughs> keeping me in the. <laughs> luxury to which I've become accustomed um but yeah so I mean that's a really interesting one as well like I I think people are finding especially following COVID that things and priorities are different now you want to spend more time with your family you realize that that is important if you can work from home it's not a thing in the brewing industry but uh if you're a brewer but you can work from home it is to an extent like you know if I need to be going through doing excise reports I don't need to be in the brewery for that I can just admin stuff yeah yeah, I can just pull pull the data from beer 30 on my laptop I don't even have to get out of bed really (laughs) I mean I I generally do it (laughs) you know at least go and sit on the couch come on (laughs) maybe put some pajamas on yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh fantastic all right good okay so at least we know that there is a bit of flexibility and that is yeah exactly that can be you can bring that into the brewing industry. Even yeah, as a that's brewer. it. Sort of where where possible. Like if you if you're doing multiple turns a day, um, you give people a choice of which which shift they'd like to do. Like mm-hmm. if you're running twenty four hours, um, you know you got you got three twenty three eight hour cycles. You know, sure you can give people rotating rosters, uh, mm-hmm. which is what most people do. But yeah, like if you've got that flexibility to say actually this person really prefers early starts, mm-hmm. just always give them the early start. If this person needs late starts, always give them the late start. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's one of those things that sort of, yeah, a lot of people are going to um, sort of look at. Like that's, that's something if I was told you need to be working on this rotating roster, I wouldn't even apply. Yeah. Because. Oh, interesting. Okay. I can't. No. Um, yeah. You'd have to say, like, I literally cannot. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And I, I wonder if people are going to have to become a bit more flexible in that respect. Obviously, we're probably talking about much bigger brewers here, not the smaller brewers. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're talking about employers in general. I think that's beyond just the brewing industry. Um, if, that's, if there's one thing sort of COVID's taught us is that a lot of work can be done from home. Um, Funnily enough. Yeah. And can, <laughs> they didn't want to tell us that before, <laughs> did they? Yeah. But, you know, you look at all these people, you know, I'll, I'll, if I call, you know, call up my internet provider mm-hmm. you know with the person i'm talking to you'll hear a dog barking in the background or oh, yeah. you know you go the oh, yeah they're, they're yeah, at home yeah. They're, yeah. they're not in a in an office nope. a, a lot of that stuff i think people just need to accept that hey yeah no we can that's it we can just do a lot of work from home that yeah. typically you'd come in to do in an office and i think the covid has definitely just normalized that whole thing like yeah. you are going to have to see people's bookshelves and stuff in the background when they're on a zoom call or whatever the situation yeah. is you know when that bbc when that little kid came in and that bbc interview that was amazing that was like perfect that yeah was, yeah just personified everything about what working from home is like a little bit chaotic yep. but still uncomfortable and nice and being in your family and people that you care about is really key and i think that's what people have seen over covid and why there's been so many movements in not brewing obviously but the wider employment space we've seen like anti-work movements uh we've seen people especially in america where it's a little bit different but moving to uh 
less stringent working hours, um, not being available outside of your working hours, four-day weeks. Um, yep. And obviously that was something we've touched on already. Is the four-day week going to be uh, the way forward for the brewing industry? Uh, in I think it could be. I know, um, oh, I mean, don't... <laughs> don't take this as gospel, but I think Black Ops are doing that four days on, four yep. days off for I a lot of their so, employees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, culture as well, I think. A few others yep. trying to um, bring it in. Obviously, it requires a bit more capital investment. You've got to have another, maybe another staff on. Yeah, I'd assume. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing that like they're running every day, mm-hmm. so it makes it makes it easier to sort of go. Well, yeah, we'll give people a longer break, and so we're still we're still paying seven days of wages. We're just splitting it over two people now. Yeah. Um, Which is cool. Yeah. We don't mind that. We yeah. allow that. <laughs> yeah, it seems reasonable. Yeah, so. that, well, okay, that's cool. Yeah, because I think that is a really interesting one and it brings up a lot of um, issues, as we've mentioned, that we've seen over COVID, um, but also the fact that we can do that. We can put yeah. people on four-day weeks. There's no reason why we are going to force them to tie them to the fermenters for a week. And yeah. Like, no, you can't move. You have to stay here. <laughs> yeah, Every, lots, of, So much is automated now as well. I think that maybe in smaller breweries with older brew kits, they don't necessarily have that luxury. But definitely if you start to get things in that are more automated. I spoke to a chap at Brew Mountains, which is a tiny little brewery in the Blue Mountains. And he was just like, I literally had to stand there for like 14 hours and make sure like nothing went wrong because nothing was automated when yeah. on his root kit. And <laughs> yeah, I know. And then he's like, oh, now I finally got an actual kit and then I can just like press buttons and stuff on it. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's amazing. Yeah, oh. I mean, well, we, yeah, we had that at, at um, Red Duck. Mm-hmm. The, um, the glycol system was all manual valves. Um, <laughs> so you, yeah, like, it, so that was one of those things I would, I would um, pretty regularly, especially during summer, if we had an active fermentation, I'd I'd come in at nine o'clock at night, turn the glycol on, go down to the pub for a beer, come back at half past ten, turn mm. the glycol back off, and then go home. Oh my god, that's absolute madness! And I and I think that like if there's any of the bigger brewers out there, probably having a laugh like, oh, don't be ridiculous! Yeah. I could do everything on my phone. Yeah, well, that's it. Even even catchment, um, you know, it's it's a much more automated it's it's about the same size um but yeah everything's everything's automated because it was one of those you know it's just a purchase a brew kit and it's one unit and it functions um whereas yeah like it just depends on the <laughs> depends on the the level of technology in the brew house um you know there's there's far more advanced brew houses than the ones we've got obviously um yeah, it just depends what you've what you've got and got and what your brewer's willing to do. Um, yeah, that's it. So yeah. <laughs> always the question on that one. Um, now we've spoken a little bit, like a lot about why you work for places, what attracts you to them. We've also spoken a lot on the podcast in the industry in general about uh, independence, what that means, why we care, uh, the local businesses. There's loads of different sort of talking points on that. Are they marketing? Do they mean something? Who cares about it? Do brewers care whether their brewery that they work at is independent? Is um, it private equity owned? Is it a lion owned? Is it CUB owned? Do they care? Yeah, I, I can't speak for anyone but myself, sure. but I do. Um, I prefer working for a, for a business where I know the people who own it, or at least some of them. Like, you know, if, if you've got a big group of 20 investors who don't all live in the, you know, near the brewery, there's a chance there's going to be some that you, that you don't meet. Um, or at yeah, least it takes a long time to, to for them to show up and, mm-hmm. and get to get introduced. I've worked for a large telco and hated every minute of it with the with all the corporate sort of nonsense and would would like to never ever be in that environment again. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
yeah, in in that regard, um, yeah, I, I prefer to to work for independent mm-hmm. um, breweries just because yeah, you get to talk to the owners and see specifically what their what their plan is, what their goals are for the for the business, and get it firsthand rather than getting a memo from the CEO to a manager to someone else, and then it comes to you and you go, oh, good, how impersonal this has been through a committee and yeah, yeah like I'd I'd rather just go, hey. I really like the idea of doing this. How should we implement it and have that discussion on the fly? Yep. Um, so that's yeah. Um, other than that, it's um, it doesn't really phase me that much. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to the beers I drink. Yeah. Um, if it's good beer, I'll drink it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It, it, like we said, it's different if you're spending ten minutes drinking a beer versus having to work there. Yeah. Four or five days a week. Yeah, um, that's it. It's definitely different. Um, and I, I don't know whether this is fair to say, but I guess in terms of creativity and being able to brew what you want, maybe a smaller business is probably better for that. Is that fair, do you think? Yeah. Um, look, I mean, it's, it, bigger breweries will still do, you know, interesting beers. Um, you know, maybe they can't get quite as crazy as, as a tiny brewery can. But at the end of the day... Um, you know, bad bad shepherd. I, I didn't spend long there, um, but they they still were churning out some really interesting beers um, on a you know a few thousand liters batch size. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's easier to do more crazy stuff and more of it um, on a smaller kit, but you've still got to keep your core range beers going. So um, there's there's always a, a limit to how far you can push it. Yeah. What do you think we're going to look like in future? We've obviously got this strange market at the minute where we've got loads of positions open and not enough brewers to fill them. Do you think that's going to be balanced out when borders open properly, people can come over more? Do you think that more people coming through TAFE courses and things like that will balance that out? Or are we going to be like this for a little while yet? Um, I reckon it's going to be for a little while yet because, like, yeah, as these these TAFE courses are going through and the first rounds of students coming out fully qualified um, hit the job market, the brew the the industry is going to be flooded with green brewers who haven't, you know, yeah, they've they've done the course but they haven't actually lived and worked in that environment before, um, and they're going to need, I would imagine, quite a bit of training to to actually survive because um, it can be pretty rough. Um, <laughs> You know, like, and you, you get this this nice sort of sanitized scientific um, idea of it in the um, the TAFE course. Like, I've I've been through it with with Hendo, um, and I mean, it looks it looks awesome. But at, at the end of the day, like, yeah, if you if you're doing that as as classwork, you, and then not really having to think about it as much. Like, I, I'm still, you know, I wake up in the morning and go. One of the first things that runs through my head is, oh, what am I kegging today? Do I need to order anything? You know, before I've even got out of bed, that's that clock's already you know ticking. <laughs> um, so yeah, or like you know, going oh, you know, what are we going to do for Gabs this year? Three o'clock in the morning, wake up and write <laughs> something down. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, the actualities of working in a yeah, commercial yeah. brewery. Yeah, um, yeah, when you you know when you really love your job, it it gets into every little aspect of your mind, and it's um, it's pretty hard to to take downtime, even when you mm-hmm. when you're at home, even if you you know watching a movie with the kids or something, there'll be a line in the movie and I'm just like, oh, that's a good name for a beer. 
<laughs> all right, okay, I'm going to watch out for all the beers you come out with now. <laughs> yeah. See if I can cross-reference them with kids' films. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time it's happened. Ah, brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. No worries. Just love to have you on for starters, and we'll probably get you on again once you've been in Catchment a little bit longer. We can talk all things Catchment. Yeah, cool. Um, but really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your perspective with us. Cheers. Um, yeah, it's just been a delight. Thank you very much. Thank you. You can download a full transcript of this conversation with links to other information in the show notes to this episode. Brewery Pro content is presented by Brews News and is designed for the brewing industry professional. If you have any suggestions for topics that we can cover, email us at cheers at brewsnews.com.au. Thank you for listening.